Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst Glenn Kirchner. Happy Holidays from the Justice Matters podcast. And now part three of Glenn's interview with former FBI agent and fellow MSNBC contributor, Frank Figliuzzi. Now let's get into the legal predicament in which we find ourselves. It's a morass. It's a quagmire. I don't know how you want to characterize it, but I want to use as a jumping off point for the discussion of kind of where we are today on the legal landscape, a piece that you just wrote for MSNBC Daily. I will also put a link to the piece in the description for this. And the title of it is, These Strangers Protecting MLK's Birthplace Have a Lesson for Us All. And it's a piece that you wrote about a recent arrest that was made of a woman who was dousing gasoline on the front porch of Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthplace in Atlanta. And here come some tourists, here come some, I think, retired police officers, and they acted. And I want to start by quoting one passage that you wrote and then ask you some questions about it. First of all, you quote the Atlanta fire chief as saying, if the witnesses hadn't been there and interrupted what she, the would-be arsonist, was doing, It could have been a matter of seconds before the house was engulfed in flames. You then say, I see the story of Americans leaping to the defense of an American treasure as an allegory about who we still are and our capacity to collectively spring into action when what we hold dear is threatened. So my question for you is, have we sprung into action? Are we springing into action with sufficient vigor and determination to meet the threat to what is dear to us, our democracy? Yeah, great question. That that question prompted me to write the column. I I write a regular column for MSNBC Daily. Uh, I should write more. This one made me put uh, pen to paper, as they say, because look, about a week ago, we almost lost Martin Luther King's birth home, which, by the way, is collectively ours as Americans because it's designated as federal property. It's under the National Park Service. You can tour it for free. It's in Atlanta's uh, what they call the Sweet Auburn Avenue District. And if you haven't been, you you need to go. The, The King Center is right next door. And what happened was these two tourists from Utah who had been visiting the King Center saw this woman on the porch of the King birth home, and she was dousing it with gasoline. And uh, they approached her. They only they not only audio and video recorded her, but they physically intervened when she grabbed her lighter and tried to light the place on fire. She turned and starts kind of running down the, the sidewalk. They scream out to two passersby who get in their car, follow her, jump on her, detain her, 
for the police and she's arrested. Now, it would be easy to look at that as a simple story and move on. But I, I'm choosing to see it, Glenn, as a glimmer of hope and an allegory to where we are now and where we need to be. By that, I mean, some people would have seen that happening to the King home and called 911. Some, some would have done nothing and kept going. Some would have called 911 and just watched as the place went up in flames. These people actively intervened when they saw a threat against something America holds dear. I see that same threat, and I know you do, to our democratic republic. Our freedoms, our rights are being threatened right now. And the question for all of us is, do we see it? Because it's happening on our collective front porch. It's out there. You don't need to look far for it. The Atlantic Magazine recently published a whole edition on what another Trump administration would look like. You can take Trump's own word for it, right? When he was asked by Sean Hannity, surely you're not going to become a dictator, right, in your next administration? And he really struggled answering that. And he finally, the best he could come up with, I'll be a dictator for one day, right? So we know what's coming. Freedom of the press will be gone. Military troops potentially on the streets. Possible invocation of the Insurrection Act. It's no surprise the threat's playing out on our front porch to something we hold dear. Can we be like that diverse group of tourists in Atlanta, didn't ask each other if they're Republicans or Democrats, didn't ask each other if they were from Atlanta, by the way, none of them were, they just sprung into action. And so the answer to your question is no, I don't think we're sufficiently springing into action. I think many of us are watching it, calling 911, saying, help, we need help, but we're not individually taking enough action. Donald Trump recently doubled down on being a dictator on day one. And, you know, he said, well, I'll relinquish power shortly thereafter. We all know that's how dictators operate. They become dictators and they voluntarily relinquish power. So if we haven't sprung into action sufficiently, and I don't disagree with you that we haven't, this is a question that I think we all struggle with every day. What should we be doing? How can we all spring into collective action to make sure we don't have a dictator on day one? I do think it's time for, and I know, boy, I know you've got an active group of followers, Glenn, and I get asked this all the time. What can we do? What can we do? And, you know, I used to say, well, make certain you vote, of course, make sure you vote, register to vote, get other people registered. But now I think it's time for much more active approaches. So yes, you better vote in all elections, of course, and start volunteering. Really start sacrificing your time. And I know we all have families and obligations. Start sacrificing your time. Raise your hand. I'll be the volunteer election worker. I'll drive people to the polls. I will spend time writing members of Congress and the Senate, and I'll tell them that I think this impeachment sham, this inquiry that's going to take us right up to the next election where they can claim that Biden is under some kind of impeachment inquiry without any scintilla of evidence of wrongdoing. We need to get much more active on that. And even if it's five or 10 bucks, we should be donating to candidates for office across the country that are running to oppose the kind of Trump-like people that are trying to stay in power. I am so thrilled to hear you say, deliver the message to get involved in ways that maybe you never got involved before. Get out of your comfort zone, knock on doors, phone bank, obviously, you know, uh, donate if you can donate, but even more importantly, donate your time. 
ask your friends, ask strangers. I used to walk around with a stack of voter registration forms and I would annoy people by saying, would you like one? And I'll even help you fill it out. Now, check your local state laws because you can't do it everywhere. But, you know, get out of your comfort zone because you know what? Come day one, if we have a dictator, none of us are going to be comfortable anymore, including, let's face it, ultimately the people who love their guns, they enjoy their Second Amendment rights. Dictators eventually will come for your guns, too, I happen to believe, because they would be ultimately a threat to the dictator. So get out of your comfort zone because you will not be comfortable on day one with a dictator. Coming up after the break, more with Glenn and former FBI agent Frank Figliuzzi here on Justice Matters. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Now, I know you have a new book that will be coming out in the not-too-distant future. I'd like you to talk a little bit about that. As you said, and we talked about, I, to my amazement, I had a national bestseller, the FBI way, a couple of years ago. It launched literally the week of the insurrection at the Capitol. So what was really meant as kind of a neat leadership book with some great war stories from my FBI career, launched into a much larger discussion of what our nation's about, what values-driven performance is, what it's like operating under stress for a nation. And that was just really something I could never have foreseen. The next book is a true crime book for those who are really into not only FBI stories, but solving true crimes. And it's called Long Haul, Hunting the Highway Serial Killers. And as much as I thought I knew about the FBI, 25 years with the FBI, I learned something, which is the FBI has something called the HSK initiative, the Highway Serial Killers Initiative. Believe it or not, there are 200 pending active investigations into unsolved murders along our nation's highways and a total of 800 cases that have been tied already to long haul truckers. That means, Glenn, that we have right now multiple long-haul truckers who are serial killers. And in fact, 25 truckers have already been imprisoned for multiple homicides. And so the book is about, it's not your usual true crime book. It's about three cultures. The first culture is long-haul trucking. And Glenn, I personally drove long-haul across the country to figure out what trucking is about. So you're gonna you're gonna learn things you never thought you wanted to know about what it's like 
long haul trucking these days. And by the way, it's high tech. Second culture, the crime analysts who have to figure out and connect the dots between murders. And number three, really the most kind of disturbing part of the book for me, the victims. The victims being largely transient, sex-trafficked women who have contact with truckers and truck stops. And I got deep into that culture, interviewing females who have come out of that trafficking environment and not only survived, but thrived. Three cultures, one book, long haul, hunting the highway serial killers coming out uh, next spring. Sounds like it will be not only a great book, but why does it sound like a whole series, an HBO or a Netflix series, for God's sake? Stand by for that. We've already had some Hollywood interest in that. Good stuff. All right. Now, I'm going to finish with a three-question speed round, which is more personal than professional, but it's not too personal. So first of all, favorite sport and favorite sports team? Ah, okay. So it's going to be football. I played some football in high school. I grew up, as you know, in Connecticut, the, the New York, Southern Connecticut. So it was all about New York. And particularly, I was a Giants fan, went to the Meadowlands. And as for sports teams, I moved around so much in the FBI that I tend to adopt the teams where I'm living. So the Cleveland Browns, believe it or not, I'm really big on these days. And I also had some tickets, uh, and I bring my kids to the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, basketball games when LeBron was with Cleveland. Nice. So my pop was a high school football coach in New Jersey. So he was a Giants fan. So I had to be a Giants fan. But unlike you, when the Army brought me to D.C., Northern Virginia area in 1991, for some reason, I converted to the then Redskins, now Commanders, apparently for no good reason because they have been lousy ever since, but it's hard to walk away from a team. Okay, next question. Favorite band or singer or genre of music? Oh, wow. Well, I didn't even know you were going to ask this question, but I don't know if you can see this. Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm a Jer- I'm a Jersey guy, so it was the law yeah. that I had to be a huge Springsteen fan. Yeah, yeah. so I, I am Springsteen, and uh, I'm a fan. And actually, I saw him on Valentine's Day, this year in uh, Houston for Valentine's Day. He was fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I've seen more Bruce shows than I could ever count. I used to see him in the clubs on the Jersey Shore, and I count uh, Stephen Van Zandt, his lead guitarist, among my friends now. Yes. He, he wrote a great book called Unrequited Infatuations, uh, Stories of a Rockstar Consigliere. I mean, read that. It's mind-blowing. But one of the things that I always admired Stephen for is he's not just a rock and roll genius with a whole complement of solo albums to his credit, Little Stephen and the Disciples of Soul, but he's been a justice warrior. We'll talk about his experiences over in South Africa that led him to create Artists United Against Apartheid and helped. He had a little piece of helping bring down South African apartheid. So little Steven is something of a hero of mine. Yeah, I'll also note, because I've seen him perform with his own band uh, when I was living in Tucson, and the first three or four rows of that theater were all uh, school music teachers, and he comps them the tickets. He he was a former music teacher himself. His thing is you got to turn STEM into STEAM. You have to include the arts as an important aspect. Of, of our course of study. Okay, last question. Favorite drink, if you have one? Ah, well, all right. If we're, if we're talking adult beverage, it's, it's going to involve bourbon. And, and, you know, it depends on whether we're talking about a Manhattan or 
in old fashioned, but uh, if it's adult, when we're talking something with bourbon. Well, then I'm going to book clown myself and say I'm a beer guy and I actually drink Paps Blue Ribbon. Sorry, but that's my grandma's beer and it was my beer. All right, my friend, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed the conversation. I will get all of those links in the description for this video. So please go there, check out Frank's book, check out his MSNBC piece and check out information about the Mediterranean cruise in July. I think we push off and have a great holiday season, my friend. I'm sure I will see you as a fellow panel member on air at MSNBC. And then hopefully uh, we'll see you in person in the not too distant future. Glad we can do it. Stay safe, everybody. For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters.